Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 183 of the Membership Guys podcast. I'm your host, Mike Morrison, one half of the Membership Guys. This is the number one podcast for membership site owners in the world. And today we've got a very, very special episode and a very timely episode of the show lined up for you. As it's the start of a brand new year, I know a lot of you guys are going to be in planning mode. You're thinking about what the next 12 months has in store for your business. And maybe you're starting to put together your plans for your content, for your marketing, promotions, launches, and all of that stuff. So I've actually invited on a previous guest to the show. I'm bringing on Janet Murray from janetmurray.co.uk. She is not only a marketing powerhouse and the host of one of the most popular online business and marketing podcasts in the world, she's also amazing at all of this planning stuff. She has a fantastic process for being able to plan out the next 12 months of your content for your business. And she's very kindly agreed to come back onto the show to talk about that process. So if you're in planning mode, or even if you're not, but you know that you should be, then you're going to want to get your notebooks out because Janet drops so much value, so much knowledge. You're going to be scribbling away at your notes. And then when the episode's done, you're going to go away and you're going to be able to map out a plan for your content marketing that will see you through for 2019. So without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Janet Murray. Janet Murray, welcome back to the Membership Guys podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. You know, you're you're kind of now in rare company. You're only the second person we've had on the show as a repeat visitor. You and Chris Ducker are the only two-time guests on the show. Wow. Well, actually, I've just been a second-time guest on Chris Ducker's show as well, so there you go. Wow. Like, even I haven't been. Have I been invited back on Chris's show? I might have been a two-time guest. We're obviously kind of entering a new elite of podcast guesting. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm really, really excited to have you on the show uh, to talk about content planning because I'm a big process geek. I'm really fascinated by other people's processes and how people approach their day-to-day stuff, their planning and all that sort of stuff. You know, when you see people on Instagram stories, like standing next to their whiteboard, or maybe they've got a notebook open and it's got all these real intricate plans. Like I'm the person who is holding down and pausing that story for ages. Like not because I want to snoop on what their actual plans are. I usually don't care about that stuff. I just want to snoop at the way that they make their plans. Like, what is their process? How do they map stuff out? I'm just fascinated by the different processes people use. So with that in mind, I know you've got a specific process that you use and that you promote for content planning. Can we just talk through that process? Can you walk me through your process for planning content? Yeah, so I ought to probably start by giving you a bit of the background is that the reason I've got this process for planning is because I am probably one of the most productive people (laughs) in the world. People often comment how productive I am, but I'm actually one of the most disorganized as well. So I spent like 18 years working in journalism where you have to do everything at the last minute. If you can't do things at the last minute, then you don't survive. So I I tend to, I find it quite difficult to, you know, kind of plan ahead and kind of stay on task. And so basically these are processes that I've created to help me as a kind of entrepreneurial creative sort to kind of keep me on task and not get distracted. Um, So for me, I've created this kind of four-step process, which I've turned into a few sort of products and actually even a membership, which I can tell you about later. But for me, it all starts with like looking across your year and and just taking, I I almost think of it like a wide shot. So you're like a videographer. And the very first thing you do with your planning is you just take a wide shot of the whole year. And you just basically look at, you do it in 90-day cycles. So you've got Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. And what I encourage people to do is just to start by doing something really simple. But it's actually something people find really hard. (laughs) is to go, okay, what 
what are sort of three or four key things that I'm doing in the first quarter of the year and the second, the third and the fourth. Now I run, I'm so into content planning now that I actually run a, uh, an annual event as well. So I ran an event a few weeks back called Content Live, which is Content Planning Masterclass. And it's really interesting because the first day we have speakers, it's all about, you know, inspiration, inspiring people to create great content for the coming year. And the second day is about implementation. So I ask people to do this task, but we actually create the plan in the class. I ask people to do it. And about half the people put their hands up and said, I can't do this. I said, why, why can't you do this task? Because I don't know what I'm going to be doing in my business in Q3 or 4. And yeah. I'm like, okay, what's the problem here then? Your problem isn't your content. What's the problem? And they're like, oh, my problem is my business business planning isn't there. Because if you don't know what you're going to be promoting or selling in Q4 next year, then you don't have a content problem. You've got a business problem. You've got to solve that first. So the very first thing I get people to do is just to kind of go, okay, like what products and services am I going to be selling? What am I going to be launching? If you're speaking, where am I going to be speaking? Where am I going to be traveling? Am I going to be running any events? Just basically what are the key things that are going to be going on in my business? And some people find that surprisingly hard, but that's the that's the first part of it. So that's the first thing. I also have, I've created this media diary. It's an A4 desk diary that you can use to plan out your content for the coming year. It's got awareness days and key dates. So at that stage, you may well also think, okay, well, what are the key dates in my industry? You know, are there any kind of, um, if you're in the sports industry, for example, you know, Wimbledon, or there might be football competitions or rugby, or, you know, just thinking about what are the key dates if you're in fashion, thinking about those dates and just kind of getting them down. At this stage, there's no commitment. This is just about kind of what are your key things that are happening in your business? is you know are there some key dates awareness days things going on that you might be able to kind of you know marry up the two to make it a little bit more kind of um you know kind of uh, i don't know user friendly or consumer friendly or whatever make it a bit friendlier in terms of your content and that's the place to start and then the second part of it once you've got that down which really should take you if you've done your business planning it shouldn't take you any more than five or ten minutes to do that is to then start looking at quarters and i don't i don't know about you i think you and you and Callie are a fan of 90-day planning, aren't you? But we are, yeah. I find it difficult to actually go deep beyond about 90 days. Um, so what I suggest people do is actually do your first 90 days and then you just put a date in the diary to do your next quarter. But if you're really good at this and if you'd actually much prefer to sit down and do it all, then by all means do all of your quarters. But I'm also a big fan of trying not to reinvent the wheel all the time. So it's just a matter for me. The first quarter of your year is sit down and think, okay, well, what's one key piece of content I could create each week in terms of my content marketing? So one blog post, one podcast, one YouTube video, one infographic, whatever it is that is your core piece of you know content marketing content. And, and, and just get all those ideas down. So for me, I know that in Q1 of uh, 2019, my membership is going to be open between Christmas and New Year because that's a good time to get new members who are all kind of like, you know, gung-ho this year. I'm going to really get on top of my marketing. I'm also going to be launching an online program on how to build a, an audience in February. So I've got that coming up. And so I'm just looking at the sort of key launch periods and then just starting to think about topics for my podcast because in my case, my main sort of piece of content is a, is a weekly podcast so just thinking okay well what are the key questions that people ask me I've got this audience program coming up so in January it really makes sense for me to be creating some content around that what, what do people ask me about all the time so it might be things about you know building your email list it might be about you know, how many people do you need in your audience to make you know a particular number of sales um, building audience could be about you know getting on podcasts I'm just trying to think about what are the key questions that my customers are asking me all the time and by doing that you should be able to come up with a list of 12 to 15 content ideas like really easily and they you basically got your, your weekly content then so that's your does that kind of make sense so far in terms of your quarterly content yeah definitely so you're starting by looking okay what what is the broad plan for the business two or three key things that we're doing over the year what are the main sort of events or happenings within within the world within the industry so you mentioned like awareness days holidays stuff like that and then the 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 smaller the time scopes are going into the 90 days the more specific you're getting and then bring yeah. down into the weekly and, and so on i like that yeah. and and one thing that i found really helpful with the 90 day content so i just think that 
most of us are probably creating too much content. One of my New Year's resolutions is to create less content next year, but just yeah. kind of repurpose it more. But I actually had at my live event recently, I had Dan Knowlton, who you probably know is a digital marketing guy. And he talked about three types of content. I thought it was a really, really useful way of looking at it. So he was saying you should be creating like awareness raising content. So that's the first type. So say, for example, with my content planning content that I create. So just general things like how to put together a content plan for 2019. That would be an example of awareness raising content um you know um things like um you know, which scheduling apps are, are the best for your content in the coming year that kind of thing so very generic things that somebody might be searching for generally and not specifically related to your product or your service then he talks about having content which is um consideration content so that's when it might be more specific about you know answering the questions people have specifically about your product or service so in the case of my this media diary that I create again and um, people often ask what's the difference between the media diary and being in my media diary owners club which is a membership that I've created I've got some blog posts and content I've created which is like six reasons to buy the media diary common concerns people have the media about the media diary and that would be what we'd consider um, uh, consideration content when people are actually thinking about buying your, your your product or service and then the last type is um, basically kind of purchase content so you know I did a, a Facebook live which was just specifically dedicated to look, I'm launching my my media diary come along to my Facebook live you can ask me questions about it I'll show you in the inside of it and what I've noticed over the last year or so is that I was creating an awful lot of awareness raising content which is great, you know, general content marketing stuff that answers people's generic questions. But what I wasn't creating enough of was that consideration content when people are actually considering, you know, should I join the membership or not? Is a membership right for me? Is it okay to be part of two memberships? You know, all those kind of questions people have when they're trying to make a buying decision. And also not enough of this, this purchase uh, type content where you're directly just inviting people along. I know, I know we've talked about this, Mark, but I do for my membership. I have open days where I invite people to come and look in the back of my website and I mm. invite my clients along. So again, sitting down and planning it in 90 day cycles like this, you've got your list of 15 ideas and then you can think, OK, well, you know, which ones are awareness raising? Which ones are about um, consideration? Which ones are about purchasing? Am I doing enough of each? Because if all of your content is awareness raising and it's just answering people's generic questions, then you may actually struggle on the sales side because you're not actually you know, telling people that you've got products and services to sell. So that's why I think it's quite a useful process just to sit down and have a look at your 15 ideas. And then it's a case of just mapping it out, you know, week by week. Okay, this is going to be my key piece of content I'm going to do each week. And that's pretty much your quarterly planning that's your quarterly planning done. You know, you've got a piece of content each week. Then it's moving on to the um breaking that down. Uh, week by week and again if you're focusing on just creating one really key piece of content a week so I know that you create a podcast episode every week and I know you, you also know Amy Woods as well of Content 10x of course yeah about this about repurposing but you know you can take your if you're a podcaster like we are you can take your podcast and you can strip out the um, audio you can strip out the you start as a video you could do it as a video to start with and you can strip out the audio turn that into a podcast you can get the transcript you can turn that into a blog post you can create little teaser trailers that I do for my podcast but just taking sort of key killer quotes from your podcast episode um, you can create um, little quote cards you can put on social media and it's really easy just to go from one key piece of content a week and I've got a process that I take people through where you know you can turn that into 12 pieces of content really easily then you've got your your weekly content because yeah. then you set things to post across the week and you've just started with this one blog post this one podcast episode this one infographic whatever it might be and that's it you've got your weekly content done and if you want to sprinkle in some awareness days you know if it's valentine's day or it's i don't know thanksgiving or something and you've got some sort of fun ideas around that we were just talking before we got on this call about christmas ideas that kind yeah. of christmas market for my members but again if you've sort of sat and mapped this ahead of time you've got time to create this content to be thoughtful about it and to to make it the best quality possible rather kind of than kind of always rushing so that's your weekly content covered off basically if you're repurposing if you're trying to take your one sort of cornerstone piece of content a week and you're trying to repurpose it you know you've already got 12 14 pieces of content there that you can spread across the week and then we go to the the daily planning and I've got in my media diary, I've got like, um, I try and think about it platform by platform. So I've got like these kind of proformers that you can use to write down what you're going to post on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, or wherever you happen to be 
active. And I recycle a lot of stuff, to be honest. So I might take a Facebook post about an upcoming podcast episode. I might tweak it slightly and then have it go out on Instagram another day. I might then tweak it ever so slightly for LinkedIn. Um, but for me, it's all about if you're just working on this one key piece of content a week, then actually you can you can even turn that into email marketing. You know, there's so much, so much stuff that email marketing, I was going to say, um, so much stuff that you can do with that, that the, the daily stuff becomes easy because then it's just a case of, okay, well, I've got this, this content. I've got all these little pieces. What am I going to post on each day? So does that kind of make, make sense in terms of sort of logical breakdown? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that whole thing of essentially each week becomes a theme that is centered around that core piece of content. But, you know, rather than trying to do two or three different things every single week, which is just going to get overwhelming for you, it's going to get overwhelming for your audience. And uh, you're not really going to get the most bang for your buck. You know, if you put out a podcast episode and that is, that's it, that that's the full mileage you get out of that piece of content. And then two days later, you've got a blog post and that's it. You don't do anything else with that blog post. You're not really getting the full impact. So I do, I, I like that idea of having essentially each week is centered around just one piece of content and then your social updates, um, the repurposing of that content into other format. That all happens within that week. That just means you can stay focused on the topic as opposed to, okay, here's just another bit of content I'm throwing out into the world. Yeah, so I think there is some real value to theming your weeks. And something I've thought about as a membership site owner as well is whether it might work to link that to my membership content as mm. well. Because my membership content, we have a, a monthly theme. Theme, So we have four themes that the, the membership's based around. And the first is, is money. The second is um, audience. Third is authority. And the fourth is visibility. So it's quite feasible. In the end, I thought about it and decided not to do it. But it's quite feasible that I could tie my membership content in really closely with my um, free podcast content as yeah. well. And in the end, I thought about it and decided, you know, for various reasons that it was actually more valuable for me to tie my content in around my launches and, and sort of, you know, if I'm launching uh, a, a, pro a program on building audience in February, it really made sense that I focused on like audience building type content. Yeah. But I think this is what kind of like the magic that happens because you start to see patterns and you start to see how you can link things up. So I have a Twitter chat on a Monday evening and we've got into the process now where uh, we launch my podcast episode on a Monday evening it goes out at the end of my Twitter chat so we we create basically the theme of the Twitter chat is the same as my podcast and and so everything kind of aligns really nicely and I think mm. when you start to just think about this one piece of content a week and of course you can be scheduling all of your um, library content to go out on social media you know to be repeated on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else it doesn't mean it only goes out during that week um, but I think when you've got a real focus that week it can just really help to bring everything everything together and to help that's you know that stop that feeling of overwhelm that you can get definitely and i think you know the, that keyword there you talk about alignment so you know we do for, for memberships that are open all of the time where it's an evergreen membership where you know the content you're putting out is the main thing that is going to be drawing people in your membership then that sort of theming and kind of you know basing your your public free content around what's in your membership not it doesn't need to be all the time you know it could even do you know one week the content you put out is connected to your membership the next week it is more of that kind of consideration content it's not topic-based content um but for launches i think as as you said um centering your content around those launches it wouldn't make sense if you were putting out content that all directly tied back to your membership when your membership isn't open mm. because you're wetting people's appetite and then telling them they've got to wait two or three months for the meal so it is really it's about i think this is kind of the theme coming through it's about just taking that step back and looking at the whole picture Right. So it's not just, okay, I've got a podcast to put out this week. Um, you know, pick from a list of 50 topics and that's it. It's done. Thinking about how it connects to what's going on in your business. If you've got a membership that's open all the time that people can buy all the time and you're putting out content that week about a particular topic, then it makes sense, right? To, to tie in your public stuff. But if you're not open all the time, but you know, you've got a quarterly launch then again, it just makes, all of this makes sense. It's just the logical mm, thing to do. Yeah, right? yeah. 
definitely. Yeah, so- and I, I mean, I've thought about I've thought about things like with the membership, for example. If I know I've got a masterclass coming up in my membership in a particular month, you know, it could be that I could put a bite-sized version of that out as a podcast episode, and then you could say, look, if you want to get the full one, then you can start, you know, you can join my membership. Like, there's so many different ways when you're trying to kind of just. I think you use, we use that word alignment and you're trying to line everything up, you know, and just trying to think, I was just trying to think what's the easiest way? Like, why am I creating this content? Well, ultimately I want to make sales and I want to attract customers and clients. So if I'm trying to think about all the time about, about not just putting out a podcast episode for the sake of it, but what's the call to action? Like, what do I want people to, to do this yeah. week? Is it want to join my membership? Is it this week that I want them to get on my wait list for something else I've got coming? Is it that I want them to join my mastermind or whatever? And I think when you start to do that, it just all becomes a lot easier because you, you get much better ideas. You get much better at balancing, you know, the awareness raising content with the consideration and the purchase content. Um, and, and it all just comes together and it's just, life is just a lot stressful, less stressful when you, when you do it this way, I think. Definitely. And because, you know, if you are creating launch content around a particular, you know, focal point, then your head is in that space you know, you're already thinking, you're already in that zone of talking about a particular topic or a particular product or particular aspects of your membership or the thing that you're launching. So while you're there, it kind of does does make sense to create your blog post at that time, you know, rather than having to, you know, jump from, from one thought process or one topic to another, and mm-hmm. it all being a bit disjointed. Now, you mentioned that this uh, this process kind of came about from scratching your own itch, really. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you didn't always have this robust process for your content planning. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it fair to say, was there a point where you were just winging it? And how, for you as a business owner, how different do you find things now compared to maybe, you know, at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey where perhaps it was just a little more day-to-day or have you actually you know have you always been mega organized you've just kind of put a little bow on top of that that recently yeah, I mean, I've always sort of stuck to like public accountability is important for me like it's quite motivating for me so I had a podcast that you know this up until recently it's gone out on a Tuesday and a Friday so I knew people were expecting it but I think when you don't have a kind of strategic content plan you're just kind of thinking oh that would make a good episode or oh I've got to record something so yeah, I'll do yeah. that and and I think um since I started thinking and planning in this way I've got much better at aligning my content with my products and services so I'm making more sales because I'm just being a lot more strategic about it but it's something I do think there is a sort of when you start blogging or podcasting or putting out regular content I do think you've, you've got to be sort of kind to yourself in a way because it does take a little bit of trial and error you have to try things and you know sometimes with blog posts or podcasts the things that you think are going to really land sometimes they don't and then you'll just have a surprise hit with something and you'll be like okay why did that work and so I do think that that's the thing with with content creation is that you you do have to just get get out there and and get stuck in and do it and one of the questions that came up at my live event when I said like half the room put their hand up and said I can't do this content plan because I don't know what I'm going to be selling in my business later in the year and I'm like well you you really need to fix that but the other thing people said was well what if I change my mind I said well that's fine you know I change my mind all the time like so I have a content calendar ongoing where I know probably two or three months ahead what's what's on it who I'm going to be interviewing on my podcast or what's going on but if something comes along and I think oh that's just a really good opportunity that's a great guest uh, or you know actually it would really make sense to do that there rather than there that's fine I just move it around um, but I think it's better to have like 80% of things planned and then that gives you that room to be spontaneous and you're not kind of like stressed out all the time um, worrying about it but my, I think my content the quality of my content is so much better and you talked about um kind of like sort of batching things together so when I'm doing a launch now and so I'm not always perfect at it because it doesn't come naturally to me but I try and create all of the content together so we were just talking like for my membership I've um I'm running a Christmas market this week for my members where um they it's, it's basically a Facebook live show every lunchtime where my members get to come on, on the show with me and basically sell their products and services and I sat down and created all of the content for that like in one go like in one morning so I thought okay what are all the 
emails that I'm going to need? What are all the briefings that I'm going to need? What's the, all of the artwork that I'm going to need? Like, so I was able to just package it up, put it all into a Google folder. And then that was kind of boxed off mm. and done. And I think I've got much better doing that. But some of that does come with experience because obviously the more launches you've done, the more like projects like that you've done, the more you realize what what it is that you need. So I think like it's a kind of ongoing process. And I still, you know, if my Christmas market, I think I've probably got 90% of the stuff, but I still sort of thought, oh, actually, Monday morning, oh, we didn't create that. Now we need that. But I think that batching it, whenever I do a launch as well, I have a kind of series of blog posts that I always create. So if I'm like my media diary, for example, I'll know that I'll need um, a blog post on, you know, reasons to buy the media diary, reasons not to buy the media diary. <laughs> Um, I'll do things like, you know, um, comparing like the media diary with the media diary owners club, the membership. And I kind of know now that there's sort of basics like FAQs, but I know that there's sort of, you know, seven or eight key pieces of content that need to be created. And so, you know, I'll just get into my Google docs and I'll create all the folders for the different parts, the email marketing, the, um, the, the Facebook ad content, the, the blog content. And, but I think some of that does come with experience, but I think the more that you're trying to just think about creating content, you know, I I don't know about you, Mike, but when I create things like the Christmas market, I was able to pretty much create most of that content in the morning because I just focused on doing the one thing. And I find that one of the dangers being an entrepreneur and having like a creative mind is that you just switch in from task to task to task. So one thing that I found has been really helpful in my business, apart from today, I've made an exception to talk to you, but I don't don't generally um, do any interviews or meetings or anything before midday because I just know that personally I'm really productive in the morning. I get up at five um, and I get most of my work done between about five and 12. And in the afternoon I do uh, interviews. Usually I do um, consultations. I do like admin bitty things, but I know that if I need to get writing done, or I need to create content. I think that can be quite an important thing is just finding that time of day hmm. or those sort of that environment that helps you be most productive. Like I can get tons done like in that first half of day, but, be good for nothing in the afternoon I think knowing yourself like that's really important yeah and I think like you say a lot of that comes with experience you know you're only going to figure out when is the best time of day for you to create content once you've tried creating content at various times of day and you're only going to you know discover the 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 benefits of batching when you get out of that kind of last minute treadmill that I think we probably all go through as entrepreneurs where you're recording a podcast episode the night before it's due to go out. I think mm-hmm. it's it's remembering as well. It's so important, the couple of things you touched on, that it doesn't have to be perfect and that it can take time to to nail it down, but it's okay if you need to change something. Uh, yeah. Honestly, this still it's still something I need to give myself a little mental kick up the backside when it comes to our planning because the, the commitment phobic side of me kicks in. If I'm planning out 12 months, then the, there's just that moment a panic in my mind that says, but if I if I commit, even for 90 days, if I commit to having all of these episodes for the next 90 days of my podcast and then something incredible happens, then where does it go? Like I can't possibly change it because it's a plan. It's it's on the screen, it's there, it's set in stone. But like you say, it's it's not. You know, yeah. if you if you have to like bump an episode, mm. no one's gonna know other than you. And the world doesn't end. And I think Certainly for me, it's something I've had to kind of train myself out of maybe going too far off the deep end on the planning side mm-hmm. and thinking that just because the plan is made, it now cannot be unmade, tweaked, changed, adapted, adjusted. And I think certainly for people, I'm sure there'll be people thinking, you know, I'm not an organized person, so I almost need to go scorched earth in, in being really strict about enforcing this this process you can still kind of have a little bit of looseness to it oh definitely and I think it's important like I, I've got this um little test that I get people to take like what kind of marketer are you so I, I think there's like three types of marketers so there's like on diary marketers I call them they're the people who plan everything out and they schedule everything and you know, they're so organized but I think there's a danger in that that you can actually be boring because mm. for those sort of people scheduled is is kind of better than 
better than, better than good <laughs> and, and actually if you're just scheduling content that's not very engaging it's kind of a waste of time then the other type of marketer is the on-the-go marketer that's someone like me so I, I'm just walking on the road I see something interesting I take a picture of it and then it's up on Facebook or Instagram or Instagram stories and I get tons of engagement and that's just my natural way and I struggle a bit more with the scheduling side of things but the danger obviously with being an on-the-go marketer if that's your strength is that um, while you can create this really kind of fun interactive content get loads of engagement sometimes you struggle a bit with the scheduling and then the other type of marketer is the on the on the to-do list marketer and they're the ones who read all the books join all the <laughs> memberships do all the courses but don't actually ever create anything and i think obviously the danger there there is that you never you know so so just being kind of sometimes I, I actually think being too organized and not having any room for um you know because I always say to people that if, if you're too organized and scheduled you know your content could be boring it can be dull and you know you just posted it rather than thinking about whether people are actually going to engage yeah. and I sort of say to those people to prepare to be innovative so when you're going along to an event like think about what equipment you would need and like you can practice being innovative and being spontaneous and actually I think that kind of content can be a lot more a, a lot more engaging actually so I do think it's important to have that spontaneity and not to beat yourself up if something good comes along and like you say nobody's going to know but also it's just so good like I was really sick at the beginning of this year I'm really hoping it's not going to happen this year but when when I stop sometimes you get sick and literally I, I just have never been so I had a virus I just couldn't shake it but no Knowing that I had some podcast episodes that were already pre-recorded, they were set up, even when I was feeling awful, all I had to do was go and kind of record the intro, if that. I mean, that's just prices. And when you're traveling, like, you know, you and I, we both travel and speak, don't we? And like, you know, it's just really difficult sometimes to get it done when you're traveling. But if yeah. you know you've got three or four podcast episodes in the bag, it means that, you know, if something doesn't quite go to plan or, you know, you have a bad interview, like you know, if, you, if you're a podcaster and the quality is not good or whatever, you have to do it again and you forget to record it like it's happened to me sometimes, <laughs> um, knowing that you've got something that you can substitute. And the, one, the other thing I was just going to add actually is that, one thing I, I found really helpful, and this is probably my journalism background coming in, but I, I think where people find content hard is when they see content like like separate pieces of content. But I almost see myself as like a magazine editor. So I see all of my content and I see myself like I'm editing this like magazine. And that magazine actually includes my membership content as well. And so I've got all of this content, which is part of my weekly magazine or my monthly magazine or whatever. And I think when you think about it like that, that's when you start to see all the the regular slots it's when you start to see the bits that could link to each other it's when you start to see the bits that are repetitive and maybe you don't need to you know write a separate post for Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram perhaps you could you know just tweak them or whatever and I think it can be helpful to see it all as like one rather than just individual pieces of content that's when it can get quite stressful it is I think again it's that recurring theme coming back about how you how you perceive content and and changing I think people's understanding of it because i think so many people focus purely on the the content as individual things it is a podcast they put out a podcast they don't produce content they put out a blog they don't produce content and they don't connect content as as a vehicle for marketing your business selling your products and i think that's such a dangerous route to go down because because you end up Again, like like we were saying before, you end up putting this stuff out that has no call to action, that maybe isn't even aligned with with what your audience need or want or they're interested in. You're just putting out a podcast because you have a podcast. You're putting mm -hmm. out something every week because that's your publishing schedule. You're not mm -hmm. thinking about why you're doing that content, how it fits into the bigger picture. And like you say, you know, you might end up putting three or four podcast episodes out that are essentially about exactly the same thing, but you're not giving it any thought because you you never step back to to look at, okay, what is the body of work that I've created? Where does this fit in my business? What does this do for me? What does this do for the audience? And I think so much of of what other people are putting out, like marketing consultants and bloggers and stuff, where they're advising people on content marketing – they're not doing it with a business angle in mm -hmm. any way, shape, or form. And that that leads to to these kind of bad habits um, that were kind of touched on here. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned, like, there's obviously a lot of things that you do in your business. There's a, a variety of different um, products and offerings that you have. You have your podcast. 
you go deep on the repurposing and stuff with that. You're hosting weekly Twitter chats. You're always posting these real in-depth questions and discussions on social media that generate ridiculous amounts of engagement and discussion. And I'm so glad that you kind of addressed this um, in confirming this isn't all planned in advance, right? A lot of it is spotting a content opportunity, taking a photograph and putting it on social or maybe, you know, shopping for a dress for your next speaking gig and yeah. turning it into like the most discussed topic on <laughs> on Facebook that week. Um, but how are you juggling it all? Even if it's not all planned in advance, it's all still work. How do you juggle it all from a time management point of view? Because it's, it's a lot. Yeah, well, my motto is everything is a content opportunity. So I'm always looking for things like as I'm going about my business that would make a great post. But I mean, I'm outsourcing now. Obviously, I didn't have that luxury at the beginning, but I've got somebody that helps me with my content. So with the podcast as a workflow, so I literally just record the the actual audio and then it goes to an editor and then somebody takes it from there and writes the show notes and creates all the social media posts and all of that. So that kind of frees me up. Um, then I've got obviously got podcast editor. I've got somebody who helps with the membership content. So I've actually got somebody whose job it is to when members ask questions in my Facebook group to actually point them to the content because often yeah. they'll ask a question. So, well, we know we've got class on that. So I've you know paid somebody to watch all of the videos <laughs> um, and, um, and then they can direct people to to the content even actually we have a weekly office hour um of a zoom call on a wednesday afternoon and i get my assistant to watch that back and to create notes from it so that when somebody asks a question you go oh we could discuss that on wednesday at you know timestamp 10 12 so it's yeah. kind of like outsourcing i'm still i'm not brilliant at it i'm getting better at it but it, that, that takes time and experience as well i've got somebody that helps with my email marketing i've got somebody that helps with my events so i've got a team of about five or six contract I've got designer who works for me probably about 25 hours a week so you know I'm this has been a journey I'm not mm. having I didn't just suddenly kind of wake up like this and I had to do a lot of the stuff um myself but I do really see the value of when you outsource you know I still find myself sometimes doing things I think oh god like why am I doing that I was just posting some of the stuff onto Facebook the other like earlier on today and I was like that's because I wasn't organized enough to get this to the person who could have done it for me and saved me this time but mm. Um, but when you are organized and you've got systems and processes and you've got standard operating procedures to follow, like we have with our podcasts and things like that, then, you know, just being clever about outsourcing and just thinking, well, yes, I could sit and learn how to do that. The podcast editing, I could sit and learn how to do it. I probably would quite enjoy it. But actually, it's much better for me to outsource because while I'm, you know, while somebody else is doing that, I could be bringing more money into the business. So that's really how I manage it. And I think the people I see who are growing their businesses quite quickly and their memberships quite quickly, there are they're they're the people who are willing to take a few risks like that I think sometimes it can sound really scary to pay somebody else to do something that you think well you know I could do that myself yeah that's what frees you up you know for me what I'm really trying to do now is just focus on the things I do best the things I do best are creating content and I'm good at creating spontaneous content only I can do that you know those little things that I see when I'm out and about on Instagram stories only I can I can do that part of it Mm. um and and, and teaching and, you know, content and teaching, that's pretty much it. And sales, you know, that's probably my my things that I do. And I try and outsource everything else. But, you know, yeah. that has a journey. It hasn't just happened like overnight. Yeah, I think, well, that again is, is so worth reiterating because so often someone who's maybe really early on in their journey in content marketing will look at somebody like yourself where you're putting out a lot of real awesome content and, they don't see what's behind the scenes and the fact that over the years you built up your business piece by piece to the point where you can put out the the volume and the quality of content that you're putting out there and you know i i always like the the little saying you want to be the rock star not the roadie you know mm-hmm. you you show up on stage the microphone is there for you the equipment's all you don't need to know about audio mixing and all that sort of stuff you're there to sing your songs and so you know that i, I agree is a massive challenge i had that with pod, with our podcast uh, in the editing of it cuz you know my shows are usually solo shows they're usually short and I, I'm in good habits when recording you know you clap twice into the mic and all that so i can edit my own podcasts really quick. I have a weird skill for for being able to speed edit, but it's not the sort of thing I should be doing. Mm. And so it's not even just about freeing up the time outsourcing to other people. It's about freeing up your mental bandwidth mm. and also re- 
making sure that your mentality is one where you where you think about okay what resource in my business is best utilized for these different tasks and mm-hmm. i think that switches your your whole approach to business and certainly for us and and for yourself as well i think the difference that that can make in terms of what it enables you to do but just in terms of how you run your business and think about your business and think about that bigger picture that we keep talking about here um outsourcing and building that team is just such Mm. such an important thing no definitely i really agree yeah definitely so you mentioned your media diary a few times um Callie, we've we have a copy. It's fantastic. Like it, it came, I was like, wow, this is actually like really meaty and sub- <laughs> and substantial. You know, there's there's a few planners around, and sometimes you get it. It's like, dude, I could have just bought this from W. A. Smiths and stuck a fun a funky logo on the front of it. But your media planning diary is like really really good. I'm trying not to sound surprised in that because of course it is. But like, <laughs> Cal- Callie's been obsessively hunched over it since it came like she's mapping out our plans for next year i'm not involved in that like she's telling us she's telling me what we're doing next year so it's definitely working can you talk a little bit about uh the media diary why did you decide to create it for for your audience and go from it being something that just scratches your itch to something you're using uh to help your audience and where does it fit with the whole process we've been discussing so it came about because as a journalist, we very much work like on diary. In fact, there's a there's a phrase we use in journalism, which is on diary and off diary. So on diary is the things that kind of plan the events, the um, you know announcements that are coming up, the spending reviews, the you know that you know the kind of key governmenty things and events in your industry. And then off diary are the spontaneous things, things that just happen. You know, like the murders, the shootings, the you know the stuff that just kind of happens, the floods, the you know unexpected things. And so as a journalist, I had to work very much on diary. So I was always thinking, okay, that's coming up next week. Okay, that's events happening next month or whatever. And, and that was quite a useful way to work as well, particularly in quite a pressurized environment, you know, when you're having to work to quite tight deadlines. So when I kind of moved into online business, I think I took that with me. And I could see that a lot of my clients weren't really thinking like that. And they weren't doing that kind of on diary, you know, most of their on diary planning. And then that gives you the room to do that kind of off diary stuff. So that's kind of where it came from. And then it's kind of evolved. It's the third year now. So it started off and it was just, you know, it was key days and awareness dates. So we do do all the research so that you don't have to go online and look them up and check that they're real and all that kind of thing. Um, But then I kind of thought, well, actually this leads you know this isn't just about the diary it's about encouraging people to get into good planning habits so the diaries evolved so this year it's got so i the process that i've just described it's got the core it's got the um annual uh planning sort of template that you can use in it it's got the quarterly templates in there it's got the weekly it's got the daily templates in there as well it's also got space to um to like notes and to-do lists and things like that and it comes with full instructions at the beginning on how to to use it as well so kelly did a great job she went into the, your membership the other day and i said to her you did a better job like she did a video on it and better job of explaining it i think than i did and and, and <laughs> With all the different sections of it but it isn't just about the awareness days and the key dates it is about kind of like developing like good healthy habits mm. and that kind of turned into an event so I now do an annual content planning event so this year it's been a two-day event so the first day was all about inspiration I got lots of content marketers to come and talk about you know how, how to create really inspiring content and then day two is about the implementation. And I'm a big fan of repurposing. Um, so I've repurposed that content into something called the 2019 uh, Sorted Toolkit. Um, so that's a, an online sort of planning system, basically. And you, you, you can buy it with the diary or without if you've already got the diary. Um, and basically, it's a kind of four-step process. So what I was just describing here, but there's a set of video tutorials that take you through your plan. And you can kind of do your plan with me. And to be honest, I reckon you could get it done in half an hour or something. <laughs> if you quite focused. Half an hour to an hour, you could pretty much get it done. And um, But I've also got the media diary what happened after the first year and this is kind of about responding to your customers feedback is some people were coming back to me in the second year saying I really love the diary it looks really beautiful because that's one thing that's kind of with my brand my you know I've got a fantastic designer I work with and everything looks really beautiful so we've got four choices of cover and uh, we always do a thing like you know which cover should we go for and people vote on their favorite covers before yes <laughs> everything's a content opportunity yeah so we have all of that yeah. and so we've got four choices and they're very beautiful and um but the thing about the what, what we, the feedback we got after the first year is that well I bought the diary last year but I didn't use it and obviously physically I can't go around to somebody's house and make them use the diary if they don't buy it and they don't use it well you know there's not much we can do about that and we, we you know we created blog posts 
post, we created, you know, there's instructions in the front, but if somebody doesn't actually use it, um, I was thinking, well, what could we do? And also you're thinking about an upsell opportunity. So I thought, well, how about we create like a little membership to go with it? So we've now got the Media Diary Owners Club. And this is for people who who buy the diary and they're like, this is great, but I need some accountability. I need to know I'm going to stick with it. So we have four group coaching calls across the year. Um, We also give this year as well, this has been really popular. um, People were asking for a digital version of the diary. So what we've created is um, it's a spreadsheet that's basically got all the awareness dates in and you can just download it into your online calendar. And that's what people were asking for last year. So we've added that in. We've got additional printables. So if you don't want the the diary is so beautiful that some people say, I don't want to write straight into it in case I do it wrong. (laughs) So we've got like printables as well. So you can print off as many copies of the annual planner, the quarterly, the daily, you know, so you don't have to actually write it in your diary first off as well. And um, so, yeah, we just tried to think about, you know, the problems that people were having. They were buying it, thinking it was beautiful, but how could we help them use it? There's a Facebook group to go with it as well. And the Media Diary Owners Club has been really, really popular, actually. And as a membership model, I was saying this to Callie the other day, that it works really well because once it's all set up, it's a lot of work to create the diary. It takes a lot of research, um, researching all the dates and you know the design of it. It takes ages and all the marketing and everything. But once it's set up and the Media Diary Owners Club is fairly from a kind of membership point of view, it's kind of quite minimal in terms of my time. There's just the four coaching calls across the year. Mm. I've helped to run the Facebook group. Obviously, a lot of the content is repurposed. We repurposed some of the content from my live event as well. Um, so actually, from a kind of membership point of view, it, it, it's great. You know, it, it works really, really well. It gives people the support they need, but it doesn't kind of overload me in terms of my time. So, so yeah, that's kind of how they all fit together and how I've sort of monetized that that opportunity. I love that. I love the fact that you know your your membership and everything that that you're doing for your audience, because obviously your your love marketing membership is is a big big part of your business. But then that's presumably kind of spawned the media diary a little bit from from having that audience kind of telling you their problems and what they deal with and then that media diary has then spawned another almost micro membership kind of spinning off from that that isn't it's not this big behemoth that you have to spend you know 30 hours a week running and maintaining it's it's something that's relatively self-sustaining and i'm betting a lot of our listeners their ears are pricked up right now thinking hold on you could have like another membership (laughs) <laughs> just kind of just kind of spinning up something but i yeah. think that that again just just demonstrates just how important it is to to look closer at the individual pieces of the puzzle that we have to listen to feedback to think about okay well if someone has this what else might they need or if someone has this but it's not solving their problem what obstacles are in the way and how could we address that and i love the fact that that's led to another membership i've got a feeling you might be getting tapped up by cali um to be on the new series of uh, behind the membership i think you've been on it have you been on behind the membership before Cali's I podcast? Have, yeah. Yeah. i've got a feeling you might be our first two-time guest on that as well because oh, um cool. yeah i'm not that i'm saying this and then cali would be like I've already got everything planned out for that podcast because, of course, she does because she's using the media planning diary. Um, all right. If, uh, if people want to get their hands on the uh, media planner, where can they go to get that and where can they get more advice from you? Okay, so the best place to head over to is my website. So it's janetmurray.co.uk. And if you just go to the shop, so it's janetmurray.co.uk slash shop, you'll find the diary, you'll find the toolkit, you'll find the, the Media Diary Owners Club. And, you know, any questions, if you've been listening to that, think I don't know which one's right for me, then if you drop us a line on janet at janetmurray.co.uk and someone in my team will be able to advise you on which is the, the right one for you. Perfect. Janet, thank you so much for coming on the show. The process and planning geek in me is now quite giddy. I want to actually go down and see what plans Callie has made for our business in the next year. Um, It's always a pleasure. I know our audience are going to get a lot out of this. And uh, yeah, what a way to start off the year to get your next 12 months all mapped out for your content and your marketing. Head on over to Janet's website. Get your hands on the diary. That's going to help you do that. Janet, thanks again. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks once again to Janet for coming on the show. I always love talking to Janet. She is such a smart cookie and she is a content machine. But now you understand 
why she's a content machine because she has a plan she sticks to it she has a team that she's built up over time and she doesn't get hung up and making sure everything's perfect and that a plan is rigidly adhered to and all that sort of stuff i think some of the most important things that we talked about there first of all the importance of actually taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture not only in terms of getting the context for your planning and thinking about what sort of things you need to take account of, but also for thinking about why you're creating the content that you're creating and when the best time is to actually put out certain content in order to maximize its benefit and its usefulness for your business. Getting your content aligned with everything else that's going on in your business and actually having a purpose for the content you're creating rather than just creating stuff for the sake of creating stuff. I also thought that Janet's point about not getting everything perfect, not getting too fixed and too rigid with your plan, allowing for a little bit of flexibility, but also recognizing that sometimes this stuff does take time and it is an evolution. And sometimes you have to try stuff out and fail and have to get things wrong in order to figure out the way to get things right. As Janet herself says, not everything she does is absolutely perfect. Her process and her own content planning isn't always 100% perfect. The same for us. We don't do everything right. We don't have everything nailed. There are still times of the year where despite having a whole plan for our content, an interviewee might cancel, or we may decide that actually in the middle of recording a podcast episode that the topic itself just kind of sucks or that it's just not happening. It's just not clicking. And so we'll have to come up with ideas on the fly, or we have to record a new episode or re-record something at the last minute, or the workshop that you just did with an expert for your membership didn't record, or the video quality was rubbish, or the sound didn't get picked up on their, up on their side. This sort of stuff happens. It's normal. It happens to all of us. And so I think these sorts of things are definitely worth keeping in mind when it comes to thinking about your long-term content planning and when mapping out what you're going to be doing over the next 12 months. So hopefully you found this episode useful. Please do head over to Janet Murray. That's Murray with two R's, M-U-R-R-A-Y.co.uk. Lots of awesome advice from Janet. And if you head to her shop, you'll be able to get your hands on the media diary that we talked about, as well as a few other tools that's going to help you stay on top of content production during 2019. That is it for me from this episode. Thanks again to Janet for being such a fantastic guest and sharing so much knowledge. I'd love to hear what you thought of the episode. Hit me up on social on Twitter, I'm at Membership Guys, or let me know inside our free Facebook group. You can find it by searching for Membership Mastermind on Facebook, or type in talkmemberships.com into your browser. That will redirect you to the group. Let me know what you thought of the episode. And if you want to thank Janet for all of the wisdom that she shared and let her know what you thought about the interview, then she's on Twitter at Jan underscore Murray. Send her a tweet, let her know you've listened to the episode, send her a bit of love and thank her for the knowledge bombs she has dropped today. That's it from me. I'll be back again next week with another episode of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Membership Guys podcast, we invite you to check out the membersiteacademy.com. The Member Site Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting growing and running a membership website. So whether you're still figuring out what your idea is going to be or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Member Site Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discount perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement, and advice, the Member Site Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage, and grow a successful membership website. So check it out at membersiteacademy.com. Do you want to boost your member signups and take your membership to the next level? If so, you're not going to want to miss the free webinar that I'm running on Tuesday, the 26th of March. It's called Supercharge Your Membership Sales, and it is entirely free. During the webinar, you will learn how to level up your core membership sales funnel for more traffic leads and sales, 
You'll discover the biggest roadblocks that could be costing you sales right now, and most importantly, how to fix them. And we're going to cover the key tactics that you need to have in place to successfully market and scale your membership. Plus, you get the opportunity to tap into my years of expertise in the membership space and have me help solve your current sales and marketing challenges. So, if you want to take your membership sales to the next level, join me on Tuesday, March 26th at 7pm UK time and go to membershipgeeks.com slash webinar. That's membershipgeeks.com slash webinar to secure your free seat today.